0: Hello and welcome to Elite Week, episode 29, Saturday, August 8th, 2020. I am here interviewing Mac Winston. He is the editor-in-chief of Sagai Magazine. He is an inflatable guest at Lave Radio, and he is one of the fleet commanders of the East India Trading Company. Uh, We're recording this pre-record interview uh, Saturday, and it will be released on Monday so that's uh, what August the 10th so look for it then and I hope you enjoy it hello hello and welcome Mac how are you today
1: I'm absolutely phenomenal
0: <laughs> life is good let's uh let's go ahead and get this started right yeah there we go I don't have any beer oh no all right we're gonna pause the recording right now for Mac to go get a beer <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, you'd probably, probably be a cup of tea. I, I had a bit, of, I had a bit too much to drink last night, if the truth be known.
0: Fair, so then that might be okay. That you know, tonight, today's a coffee day. That's all good. Yeah, yeah. What tea in this house? Tea, tea of course, tea. of course, of course. Proper, proper tea for someone in that area of the world. Although you aren't in the United Kingdom, but you are surrounded by the United Kingdom
1: yeah kind of islands on one side but yeah i i live in a place that well it depends where you anybody in the uk has probably heard of the isle of man but mm-hmm. further field you might not have because it's kind of a small island if you're a motorcyclist you will have heard of it um, mm-hmm. for the tc races um but uh yeah if it, it's it's not that uh, outside of outside of bikers ain't that well known
0: but I mean, you are surrounded by the United Kingdom, right? You've got England yeah, you got- on the right and 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 Scotland on the, or not Scotland, uh, Ireland on the left.
1: Yeah, the, I, the Republic of Ireland is directly west of us, Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. which is, because there, there's two bits of Ireland. You've oh, got no. uh, the, the, the on the island of the UK, is like, well, the British Isles is complicated. In fact, <laughs> we did a really nice YouTube video of it, which uh, I don't know, you might be able to find it and link it. Mm-hmm. But you've got um, on the island of Ireland, you have the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've got two. Con- you've essentially got two, na- two nations there uh, on that on
0: that island. Yeah.
1: And then to the north, we've got Scotland. Uh, to the south, we've got Wales, mm-hmm. and to the east, we've got England.
0: Yes. Uh, so, just the the short version, the Cliff Notes version for anybody who hasn't seen that video is. Uh, once upon a time, a long time ago, there were a bunch of British dicks that uh, fucked over everybody and took a lot of land.
1: Yes. In fact, what, <laughs> what they say, if you go, you, you go to the top of the mountain, which is Snaefell, which mm. means snow mountain, it, it comes from a Norse word. The, the, the Isle of Man is kind of half Celtic and half half Norse. Mm. Um, the, the the Vikings only got about halfway down before the, uh, the Celts beat them off. So the south of the island tends to be Celtic names and the north tends to be Viking names. But you go up to Snave Fell uh, and you stand there, you can, they say on a nice day, uh, which actually today is, it's absolutely glorious sunshine today and about 18 degrees Celsius, which is, I don't know what that is in in Freedom Units, but um, somewhere in the 60s, I think yeah uh, so it's, it's a really nice day uh visibility in fact i i was out earlier today and i could see uh from the calf sound i could see the mountains of Mourn in northern ireland quite clearly um and but if you go to the top of snaefell I'm, I'm still trying to get to my original point you get to the top <laughs> of snaefell you can see six kingdoms uh england uh, wales scotland Northern Ireland Ireland and of course the kingdom of man which is what you're actually standing on. Um, mm. so yeah there's 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 a little there's an electric railway which goes up Snaefell. Um mm. if if you if you have been up on if you have been to Colorado and gone uh mm-hmm. on, on that there's a there's a railway which goes up Pike's Peak. It's it's like the Pike's Peak railway except not quite as high and mm. it's electric and it's narrow gauge. Mm. But yeah. We we, we uh, it's thanks to COVID it's not been running because we don't have any tourists.
0: Well, you, you had a few, a couple like uh, like a week back uh, from yeah, uh, we, the, the Guernseyans.
1: Yeah, we we had them come up from the Channel Islands. We uh, we we've got flights going to Guernsey at the moment, so we actually had some wild tourists. And they, they <laughs> one of them said the funniest thing it was it really slow news day. So they one of them said something in the airport, and the whole day like Manx Radio <laughs> was like interviewing this guy. Uh, but but later on there was there was something in the papers which said um, uh, it was like it was like a report yeah and the Guernsey tourists yeah you know, were saying oh the people in the Isle of Man are so nice which was a bit of a surprise to us we thought you might all be <laughs> a bit strange.
0: <laughs> Coming from a Guernsey, okay, fair. fair. I was gonna say,
1: picks one to no one,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. All right, so now that we've educated a bunch of Americans on what the Isle of Man is, and uh, and now they're frantically looking around on the map for the Isle of Woman, uh, let's let's uh, let's dive.
1: It's man from Mananan McClure, who was the god of the Isle of Man. Mm. Um, it's it's not man as in male person, Mm. uh. So uh, yeah, uh, in Spanish, it's <laughs> La, La Isla de Man. So they, 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 it's not La Isla de, de Hombre. Mm. Um, so anyway.
0: Although I think that was a Village People album. So yeah, all right, moving on. Let's okay. talk about you, Mac. Um, how did you- oh, first My favorite get... <laughs> subject. Yeah, man. How did you first come to Elite <laughs> Dangerous? And tell me a little bit of your your history with the game.
1: Okay, so a long time ago, I was a young teenager, and we had these. We had BBC Micros in our school with disk drives. So we were really something. That, I mean, most people had tapes, but we, our school BBC Micro had a, a disk drive. And somebody brought this game in called Elite, the disk, the BBC Micro disk version, which um, it had a little bit more than the tape version because you you can with the tape version you had to you had 30 uh, bbc micro right has 32k of ram out of which some was taken up by the frame buffer the, the bit that holds the memory that holds the the picture that's showing on the screen so there's not much memory left over for program and date and what have you once once you've got a graphic screen up so the disc version was a bit better because it, it it could load things off the floppy disk as you as you played and it also came with a book called The Dark Wheel, um, which is where the legend of Raxler comes from. It was the the guy who wrote it, Robert, Robert Holdstock, uh-huh. put an awful lot of. That basically, you had this game, which was it was just wireframe graphics, but once you'd read the manual, because I, I. I don't know whether holdstock also wrote the the sort of background stuff in the manual or not but he, he did write the dark wheel but the the two of them together because the game came in a big box you know it's it wasn't it, the sort of box the sort of boxes games came in in the 80s were generally just a, t- a cassette box so they're, they're just, just about the size of a tape but elite, elite came in this big big box big box yeah so it had
0: I'm sorry. The 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 elite box to me reminds me of kind of like uh, when you buy an iPad. It looks like about that same size box, and when you open it, it's like the little compartments inside for the yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's 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 like a it's it's not as big as the because because some of the backers got boxed versions of Elite Dangerous. It's not quite as big as that box, but it was it was big for a game at the time, and it had the novella, the Dark Wheel. It had the pilot's guide, the pilot's manual, and the disc or the tape, whatever. And it huh. was it was all really well put together. It made the game, it made it more of a more than the sum of its parts as it were. When you when you when you actually started flying around in Lee, you weren't just shooting at wireframe graphics. You were now on kind of a flight of fancy that the whole the whole background that the Dark Wheel had painted behind this meant that it it somehow seems more than just what the graphics capabilities of the day would otherwise make you make you think and it also kicked off kind of a tradition that's been going through all the elite series so uh, the, the the first version of the 8 bit elites they they all whatever platform it came up cuz it it was ported later on to the yeah. um, Commodore sixty four, which is probably how most people in the US, if they were around at the time, would have played it, um, is it ported to the Sinclair Spectrum, which was a very popular machine in the UK and in Spain. It was it was popularized most popular eight bit platforms. Um, later on, it got it got. Ported, enhanced. There was an Amiga version. there's a version for the Acorn Archimedes, the the, the one, the, basically the first computer that had an ARM processor, uh, and it ran it really well. In fact, the Archimedes version was the first version where stuff happened that didn't involve the player, so you could <laughs> see like you could sort of walk in on a battle that was already in progress and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But um so my my love of this game really started there because it it wasn't it wasn't just a game you just play you know like space invaders or whatever um it was a game that involved a you know you you could you could imagine yourself you you could write stories in fact we all did we we all wrote like fettered pieces of fan fiction about you know us being like these daring space pilots in the elite world and all this (laughs) kind of stuff uh so I, I had many an English teacher at school who had to read through these essays. Uh, mm. uh, but yeah, it, it 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 sort of, it also kind of, the, the thing I loved about it was it, it sort of, you know, you, you can't, in real life, we can't be a space pilot or whatever, but it, it actually kind of, it, it almost fulfills that. Uh, mm. And so it went on. I, I also played Frontier First Encounters a lot. And that was like, it was when that came out. It had its problems. Um, there was a long and very yeah. unfortunate uh, interaction between. I can't remember. I think it was take. It was Game Tech. I think the company was called the publisher, mm. because Frontier at the time was a very young company. They didn't self publish, mm-hmm. and Frontier itself. Um, and they had a. Before that, they'd released uh frontier elite 2
0: mm-hmm.
1: which i didn't play much i need i because i didn't find it funny enough i didn't find out, find out about frontier elite 2 until they they were about to release frontier first encounter but it, i did i didn't have a pirate copy um <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i played a bit but then i saw it was like there was a tv program reviewing games and i saw this I saw Frontier First Encounters, I thought, wow, this looks amazing, because it was, it was like it, it was like it was like FE2 enhanced, so I mm. ran out to the shop and bought uh, Frontier First Encounters, which also came with a book of short stories, um, and it yeah. also came out with the manual, which was more than just, these are what keys you press, this is what you do on the joystick. It was actually mm. sort of, the manual was written, just like the original one, it was written in 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 universe
0: right with like lore ties and whatnot yeah yeah and and the the,
1: in the back of the manual was quite interesting because it had reviews of all the ships um it basically had like a uh you know a factual as it were um sort of Mm -hmm. just a a dry journalistic this is what the ship is this is what it does this is some Mm -hmm. of its history Mm. And then it had a commentary by Big Bob Isaacati, who was a used <laughs> ship salesman, who wrote sometimes really nice things and sometimes really rude things about the ships, mm. um, which 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 I found was I, I quite enjoyed reading that. That was um, I don't I didn't agree, I don't entirely agree with uh, Big Bob Isaacati on some of his reviews mm. on uh, uh, Frontier First Encounter ships. But again, it, it was that the universe expanded. Uh, it had its... Frontier First Encounters had its bugs. Uh, most of those... Uh, because there's a very... In fact, we could probably go on for hours about the controversy between Game Tech and Frontier. So, uh, And everybody will get bored and switch off, so we won't. But um, they, it was. it was released before it was ready, basically. And so it had a ton yeah. of bugs. But it was actually the first... It's probably the first game, I got patches over the internet. I was, I was at university at the time, so I could download the patches and put them on a floppy disk and stick it sure. on my PC. Um, well, I, and,
0: think, I think that was kind of important. I think that was a formative uh, event in the life of David Braben, and I think that uh, I think you see that echo through time, and you see a lot of that present in David's decisions and how they handle both publishing their own stuff and that they're not afraid to say nope this isn't ready yet we're going to have to get back to you and also uh frontier as the uk's largest games publisher in in their publishing of other people's intellectual property now that they go out of their way to not be those guys
1: yeah uh i think it probably I think it was probably a defining moment for the company. I mean, the company at the time when they released FFE wasn't that big, but if you look at the credits on FFE, there was, there's quite a there's quite a lot of people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, the funniest thing they had—I I always want to know what happened to the actors—they because it was the days when CD-ROMs were new, and so everybody was like, "Gee, we have got the CD-ROM now with, with 650 meg." we need to pack this out with full motion video and stuff. So they did, they got some, I guess they got some people from the local amateur dramatics in Cambridge and got them to record these, these short videos. Some of them, uh, absolutely horrific but other other than them uh, it, you know they're, they're showing some promise and mm. i'd love to know what ha, where where some of these people who did the acting went uh some of them might have just been frontier staff as I, I i'm not sure who they mm. they all were but if if you do a kind of, if you if you poke around the internet you can usually find these videos um and and yes they, they can be quite entertaining the other the other great thing about uh frontier elite 2 and frontier first encounters there were some really good soundtracks uh there was some music uh composed by something called the quality quartet which mm-hmm. were original because some of it was classical and some of it was originals and sometimes when you're listening to live radio you'll hear the fe2 intro music um mm-hmm. yeah. probably played through some modern high grade midi equipment but it was the, the Some of the music that the original music that came with these games was great as well, but the other thing is the um, FFE had really probably. I mean, all all the versions of Elite have, if they've, if there's been resources, have had some kind of uh, story mission, as it were,
0: involved. so I mean, that one, that one in particular had a whole living story all the way through it, where you had five different newspapers that could give you the news based on what you were doing and then from the slant of, you know, the Federation, from the slant of the Empire, from the slant of, you know, uh uh the Alliance, from the slant of there were two of them that were one of them was I think more sort of Yeah, kind one of was like un- scientific whatever. Yeah, you
1: know, Universal like, like Scientific it was called yeah.
0: Yeah, and the other one was like a, a, a yellow journalist sort of yeah, rag, so uh, ra- like random, random.
1: random intergalactic gossip it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: the rag it was literally yeah, yeah rig sorry not rag it was rig yeah yeah, yeah but, but i mean yeah. that, that shit is amazing that the the amount of detail and story and lore and narrative that was interwoven through that entire game was fucking incredible
1: but yeah would that inspired us because a few of us kept playing frontier first encounters long after it mm. was yeah, you know, sort of way into the early 2000s as it were there, was, there was a guy called uh john jordan who reverse engineered it and did even more bug fixing uh and,
0: and some some upgrades some little yeah, yeah somebody yeah.
1: else somebody else picked uh because a lot of it was still an assembler but uh, uh, assembly language uh when it was reverse engineered but you had all the all the functions basically mapped out and then there were other people who took it and ad, uh, added OpenGL support, so you got high resolution and, and you, know, you, you could use a 3D graphics card with it and all that kind of stuff. So, But, yeah, we we kept – the thing is we had a thing called the EBBS, the Elite Bulletin Board System, which was like an old style web forum, um, threaded web forum. You know, if, you, if you ever used Usenet, it was a bit like that. Um, it was um, – but mostly, what we, I mean, we we discussed things, yeah, you know, a bit like the subreddit. You think of it as the forerunner to our elite dangerous. It was, it was, some of it was just discussion between, uh, you know, a few, a few friends who played the game. Uh, and, but the rest of it, we we also started, we started just. Doing this role play fan fiction stuff, and we had we had loads of fun with that. I mean, it's it does seems it does sound a bit nerdy, but we we really enjoyed sort of mucking around with that. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the one of the big things because there was like half a dozen of us doing these things, um, and as I said, because the the it made the the, the universe kind of lent itself to that. So um, we had one of them was the. The because we the other thing we didn't expect is was that Elite Four was never going to come out. You know, the Frontier had spoken about it, and they they kept like kicking the can down the road, and they said, "Well, we're doing this other game called The Outsider." So, so we we ran very uh, fast and loose with the law because we weren't expecting an Elite Four, which is what Elite Dangerous is. So, um, yeah. but we had like the whole long story is one called the 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 huge plasma accelerator saga which went on for years and years and years we just kept it never kind of it never quite got it, eventually i think we resolved it but we, it was like in you, you can find pdfs of the whole thing collected on the internet if you if you if you search for the hpa saga mm. but we wrote absolutely mountains of stuff and uh, i i had a website and i put some of my own stuff on the website just as as like Standalone stories PDFs, and I what else? Yes, yeah, so other people sent me theirs to host. Yeah, you know, to to host those stories. So they, I think they're probably still up there. I haven't looked in a while, but yeah. So that,
0: that covers your your history, sort of prior to when did you yeah. hear about Elite Dangerous?
1: It was, I was at a, because the other thing I've got, I'm a, I'm a horrendous nerd, really. Uh, I, I'm into computer preservation. In fact, I have currently on my, in my workshop, a... Uh, of some vintage Unix gear I'm working on right now. I've got this uh, this uh, Sun Enterprise 250, I've just got in, got the OS installed on it. Anyway, I was I was mucking around that stuff. It was an event in because I'm involved with the Spanish Retro Computing Group, and I was over in Spain, and we were it's it's at the university university of saragossa uh, and it, i was just doing my usual it was a bit quiet it was between visits because what what this event is it's actually during the week most of these retro events are like on weekends so all all the old fats can come along on the weekend and play on the computers they used to have at home but th- this one's kind of different it's like all the schools it's an educational thing so all the all the local schools bring their kids in and it's absolute chaos and i was just sitting in between two school visits just trying to catch my breath because not only are you having to deal with all these god knows how many kids you're also having to speak in a foreign language as well so it it, it really does take it out of you anyway so i was just relaxing and i i saw something i don't know what brought me to it but there was something somebody said something about it's probably on facebook or something somebody said oh there's a kickstarter for elite four Frontier want to do it. They've been doing some skunk works, and they're only going to do it if this Kickstarter succeeds because they want to prove that there's enough interest. It was like, what? And I was straight on the Kickstarter page. Within, Within 30 seconds, I'd already put a pledge in. So uh i did whatever the the backing level was for i don't know it i i can't remember the the, whatever backing level it was that you could name a station um so i i was like straight in there and i was wondering and i was watching it at the day this was day one of the kickstarter i was watching the thing tick up and it was it was kind of a roller coaster it shot up at first and then it was like it went flat and then like in the last three weeks it was like of a sudden i think it got some more publicity uh somebody posted on the bbc or something like that and all of a sudden more money in fact so much money came rolling in they hit a stretch Mm -hmm. goal which was to do the mac os the mac os version of of elite dangerous Mm. so yeah i was right in there from the kickstarter
0: so yeah well that's that's kind of how kickstarters tend to go they have a big big push and then it dies down a little bit and then you have it, the successful ones the the unsuccessful ones that plot that plateau kind of sits and it just yeah. collapses like a flan in the cupboard uh, but uh <laughs> the successful ones they they rock it at the last like week and a half yeah,
1: yeah. They, it did have a it did have a, a really huge rally i mean they 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 kind of they met their target and then some so it was like wow elite four is actually gonna get made yeah man it was it was like wow
0: so then you anyway, were there what from, <laughs> so then yes. you were there from the very beginning of the kickstarter all the way through the process you were there for all of the early live radios with the uh you know uh grant uh bathroom stories and yes and, oh which right. is going
1: on forever yeah and,
0: yeah and faza and alan stroud and uh, you know. I
1: missed quite a lot of the early stuff, though, because uh, I, I know I got busy with other things, and so I didn't really. I never played any of the alphas. It wasn't until beta I actually installed the game. Um, also, I didn't ha- I, at the time I didn't have a Windows PC either, so it was kind of on the back burner. But um, then, what did I do? I, uh, yeah, I yeah, that's right, I. I had my my only machine at the time, apart from all the vintage stuff, was my my MacBook Pro. So I boot camped it, uh, so I could have a Windows partition to install the beta cause it, the, uh, and that's what I did. So I, I started with the, the beta on that, and that's that's when I actually got to play it for the first time. When it was still, it was still when you had. Uh, i think it was called the pill rather than the bubble there was there was a small there was only a small area of space you could go. oh into. yeah
0: originally there was yeah. a really small area it was
1: like it was like a in and then half a dozen systems around yeah it. yeah uh, ibootis uh and a couple of others which kind of uh, i forget about because i was always looking because back in the frontier first encounters days um mm. I my my role play, as it were, was always about the alliance, um, which is now not so um, <laughs> all about yeah. the empire now.
0: Uh, you do seem but, to be rather empirical.
1: Yeah. So, um, although the, I I have like a personal in game, I have the in game story for that.
0: Mm. Um, but, You're an alley boy. What what ended up facing Achenar, Huh.
1: Yeah. So. Well, the 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 i the the idea it, it, my in-universe family all all came from Fector, which was uh, an anarchy. Well, it's been an anarchy. It was in FE2, FFE, and at the start of Elite Dangerous, it was always an anarchy. So th- these characters, the 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 entire family was was a bunch of near duels, and and uh, not necessarily some of them were bad and some of them are good so i i basically invented this this whole kind of uh family backstory kind of thing and anyway the one of them ends up being in in the, the stuff we did in the ebbs one of them ends up being like a uh ends up working for the alliance and then eventually starts climbing the ranks uh and becomes like a senior a senior member of the the um the, the the sort of the alliance's flight training crew um and while his um and he's having to look after his his uh nephew who's a bit of a ne'er-do-well who ends up going off the rails and all that so we, we we had some fun with this this is all in the the hpa saga um this all goes through so anyway that that's how that's how the the story of my in-game story went and then of course this is now elite dangerous is 50 years on so it's not the same. It's not the same character. It's like the son of the same character who is kind of who ended up being taken to. We um, just mentioned that and Yeah, the the system where you started with in the Vita. Um, mm-hmm. That's where his father went to escape justice because the Federation were after him. Uh, and the Federation captured him, leaving leaving his 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 young son to be fostered by people there so he never never knew yeah and all this kind of stuff so instead of that that allowed the break instead of just going back to the alliance to instead go go off to the go off to the empire instead and uh join the it was actually the east india company which started me going there because i i had i was in fully intending i I'd, I'd made my home at lhs 331 but then mm. Uh, then I heard about the East India Company right at its formation, um, and I thought, oh, that looks exciting. So I thought, I've not not—I've like, never actually even been in imperial space in the game. I'd stayed sort of above federal space, um, mm-hmm. sort of in the alliance area. Because if, if you think how the space, you've got the alliance on top, the feds in the middle and the empire at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I went down to Imperial Space for the first time and uh, joined the EIC, and it all started. It, so it was all kind of, it, it's the EIC's fault that I've ended up with the Empire.
0: <laughs> so back in the early days, it was just a couple of guys selling weed uh, outside of the trunk of a Type yeah. 9 uh, from, you know, uh, the, uh, what, what, uh, Zel- what was it, Zelabara? Because you guys were out of Harvest Port and yeah. then uh, there was a whole thing where the drug empire of Zellabara was like, Hey man, we need some help with our weed business. Yeah,
1: That, that was, that was, yeah, that was kind of a bit late. That was actually a CG. Um, I don't.
0: Th- yeah, that was I'm like sure. November. That was November of 3301.
1: Yeah. I don't think we, we had any involvement in that happening, but frontier had all already given us because frontier had started with the PMFs uh, injecting PMFs at the time. And we asked, yeah, we've done all these things with onion head because we had. Uh, at the, at the, uh, we saw we, our, our home system at the start before the PMFs were injected was a sort of backwater system. I'm uh, Swan Kena or something it was called. It's uh, yeah, H S U A N Q E N A. I think there's another player group there now. Um, we you also guys, used. To,
0: you guys used did at one point yeah. the harvest port and then from there you.
1: yeah that's on. but we we've done all these things with onion head because we didn't like the feds and it annoyed the feds so <laughs> we were we, we we were mainly trading around the and all those kind of places Another player groups there now which is even bigger than the ic um uh, and so we we did all this stuff around harvest port and when when frontier started injecting the pmfs we said hey can you inject us in to kappa and thinking Mm. it wouldn't happen and they did it they actually gave it us which was brilliant yeah because uh, i guess they, they actually our first operation um when when i joined i joined when this was just starting up it was one of the really early cgs and it was for a new federation capital ship which became the fns nevermore Mm-hmm. And it was at BD. I can never remember the numbers. It was at BD something or other. This this um, community goal was, and we we actually had a big operation with the with a few other player groups to blockade it to try and slow the feds down. <laughs> and we we had a brilliant time. So loaded. Uh, it was all small ships. No no, very few people had an Anaconda, so it was generally Python. It was generally. Um, Cobras, I had my cobra mat three. It was vipers. um mm. Some people had asps. In fact, one of the guys, I remember one of the guys uh, in an asp, I'd interdicted him uh, and tried to blow him up and failed. And he was absolutely furious and he kept chasing me around the <laughs> system for like the rest of the night. Mm. But he's still playing. I see his name pop up from time to time. He's still playing. I think his was Commander Stevie G. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think he's. I still see his name pop up on some of the discords already. I haven't seen him in game, but I'm pretty sure he's still playing. <laughs> but I, I keep, I keep remembering that. But yeah, it, we, we had, we had like it was a typical length CG, and we had a ton of fun just interdicting and battling and trying to trying to slow the the feds down and they sent people to try and deal with us and we had all code words because at the the time there wasn't there wasn't any of these squadrons so you couldn't see like you know the little info panel on the bottom left you couldn't see eico or anything like that you just had to if we saw someone new we we had a we had a question for them and if they answered right we knew they were friends and if they Uh said what do you mean then we'd interdict them and blow them up
0: well that's Uh like that's analogous to the in the modern military you know you have IFF signals that will show flat out but like back in the day like uh the 82nd airborne the uh like uh you know easy company from like the guys from band of brothers that they went through back in those days they literally when you were out on patrol uh they would if you came across somebody because it was it's it's super super awkward when you're in you know, sort of right on the front lines area. So if you're in Bastogne or here or there, if you came across somebody in the dark, because you couldn't quite tell where they were, and you didn't want to shoot in case it was a buddy of yours, you would say flash. And if you hear back thunder, that meant, okay, that's an American don't shoot. If you hear back, you know, they then yeah. light it up. Yeah. So it's very, very cool to see sort of a, a, a in game version of that or that actually, you know, like literally, that's that's a World War Two story. That story goes all the way back to the Bible. That goes back yeah. to Shibboleth, where the uh, the Israelis, the Israelites, were like all of the people. What were they Ephraimites? If they they would ask them like, say Shibboleth, and if they because people the Ephraimites said it, they pronounced it Sibboleth, and uh, if yeah. you didn't say the right code word the right way back, then uh, yeah, it was going to be a bad day for you
1: anyway the the uh back on that cg they the the the, the filthy stinking feds won um they got there they got there or we, what we called the copital ship because the the cg was to de- was to deliver mountains and mountains of copper uh hmm. so we called it the copital ship anyway the fns nevermore was built. And then almost immediately, it opened fire on the space station it was docked by. um, It was docked by Hudson Dock in BD, whatever it was. And something happened. It was obviously a bug in the game, but Galnet spun it really nicely. Um, That probably, I don't know, a ship or something. You know how you always get stuff happening around stations? The the security ends up firing on a pirate or something. A stray shot probably hit the fns nevermore at which point it started shooting back and probably hit the station so mm. the station started shooting at the fns nevermore apparently the 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 station got down to 26% hole before they managed to stop it so we we all had a good, we all had a good laugh we all had a good laugh for that and spun it well and then almost immediately we were into the loo wars um which was another absolute epic that everybody remembers well who was playing elite dangerous at the time again it was it was very early i think i'm not sure whether even wings were in the game it was around maybe 1.1 1. 1. i think maybe wings were in by then hmm. and the system lu l-u-g-h um was the was basically the home of a bg one of the first bgs groups and they were trying to Influence the BGS and see how it works. In fact, they they actually sort of winkle out a lot of the bugs in, in the BGS doing this um, mm-hmm. because things weren't happening when they should happen. So Frontier knew because it was it was now getting a, a sort of a, a more wide testing than it was than than, the, than you can ever do in the lab because now you had a bunch of players at it and you had opposing players and what have you. So. They got to a stage where they were giving the um, incumbent federal uh, scum, I mean federal faction, the the old heave ho. And this all turned into a player event, and, and Frontier put a bunch of community goals around it. So there were community goals supporting the rebels, and there were community goals supporting the federation. And even to this day, it's controversial uh, because mm. the the Feds end up losing. They they won all the battles because basically they won the battles, um, but they lost the war because one thing they neglected were the support missions, the the trading ones. And of course, we in the East India Company do trading, mm. and so we were like the trade force for this. So we were, I mean, we did some battle as well, but we were mostly trade force. I had a Type Six at the time, and I was like going in that thing continuously. Uh, with supplies for the CG, uh, so uh, yeah, there was there was, a, there, was a, there was a lot of saltiness from the Federation side, but you know this is what happens when you ignore your supply lines. <laughs> so yeah. they, they they event they they eventually won, but that again it was a, it was a great event. You know, most people were still in small ships, so any. Battles tended to be cobras and vipers and what have you like that. So so the rebites weren't too too brutal if you if you blew yeah. up. And there's there's something fun about doing combat in those those small ships. I, I love the Cobra Mark three Uh funnily enough more than that, the Viper's a better better fighter on paper, but there's something about
0: the cobra I really like. Mm. So the history um, of it. The Jameson of it all.
1: Yeah, yeah, the history of it all and it's it, it, especially when you, you put a VR headset, cause I got, I'm got hold of a Oculus DK two. Uh, nice. And when I put that thing on the first time in the Cobras cockpit, it was like, wow, because you don't realize that the scale of it, it really gives you a feel, a scale you just don't get on a 2d mm. screen. So, and you can turn your head and you can look around and you can see all this other stuff that, you, because there's even on the head look, um, on on a regular screen there's there's limits to how far you can turn but in in VR you can turn around and look behind you and you can see the little door that enters into the the cockpit and you can see how far away the co-pilot seat is from yours and you realize that in in the co- if if you sitting on a 2D you don't really know know how big it is because it's difficult it's always tr- difficult to get I, everybody gives a lot of criticism for this, but it, it's generally difficult in space to get an idea of how big stuff is because you're denied of your normal frames of reference. Even things like the Grand Canyon, you know, people show you a picture of the Grand Canyon or a video of the Grand Canyon and they say the video or the pictures just don't do it justice. You can't tell how big, you know, it doesn't look, it looks huge when you're there. Mm. Um, and you've got kind of this. Uh, in fact, the, the the astronauts who who went to the moon made the same thing. They said, "You can't tell if that thing over there is a boulder the size of a car or something much further away that's boulder the size of a huge building." So um, you have this. You always have this problem with scale in in, in space, but. Also and 2 d just makes that much harder but when when you when you stick the headset on even even the dk2 which was kind of um not really all that high resolution mm. you look at the seat beside you and you realize that if you reached out you wouldn't be able to touch it it's actually further away than you think and that co- the, the cockpit the Cobra, is actually quite large yeah, but at the same time it's not so it, it's not that large it it feels right Mm-hmm the other brilliant ship in vr is the i had to immediately try the eagle because i love the the nice thing about the eagles you can look out the window and you can see the wings
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is which i think is brilliant but yeah yeah it's it's in fact i've been waffling now haven't i Um, but but yes yeah um
0: well let's circle back let's circle back to what you were saying about these events and Do you find yourself now sometimes with a sort of wistful sense of nostalgia and thinking to yourself, man, I hope that that sense of like urgency and that feeling of the universe being sort of alive and vital and there's stories happening and there's narrative and there's all of these events happening, which are then covered by the news sources and whatnot. Do you find yourself sort of hoping for a renaissance of that in in, uh, Odyssey? Oh
1: yes, I do hope so. I, you know, it, we, it's because it's what it, it it's what makes Elite more than the sum of its parts. Is mm. it's all this backstory and the fact that, the fact that we who are playing it can actually influence this story to some degree also helps as well. Um, I think like I mean, just look at it, the, the 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 stuff we've had before like Colonia. Mm. Uh, I I was I was in, I went on the Jaunt to Jacks which yeah. was the uh the big I, I went on the second the second wave. Mm. I was away as as actually at one of these retro computing shows again actually. Um when I uh, so I, I I was back in time for the second wave so I did I did that and again that was uh, that that sort of started my my love of doing these exploration mm. uh, Expeditions, and they, they they still, of course, keep coming up on EDSM. And I'm already signed up for another one later this year, which is another one done by Commander Yannick. Yannick, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's like the one the Mercury Seven.
0: Expedition. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah,
1: they're, they're moving one of their fleet carriers out to some once one of the dark reaches of of space. It's not Beagle Point, but it's sort of a little bit to the west of Beagle Point. So. Mm uh I'll be doing that later in the year but I I just love the exp- you know you go and fly for a bit and then you have a meet up and you just have a bit of fun on a planet somewhere and you <clears throat> you kind of you have a discord and you show each other all the the, the cool things you've seen as you've gone out there um but, but I mean- yeah
0: it looking at those events, looking at like the thing with the the nevermore or even some events that are uh, a little more controversial in nature, something like the Salome event or the uh, the cone sector uh, gnosis situation. Uh, I, he- I hesitate, I, I always want to call it the cone sector debacle, but then I feel like that that gives it, I mean it, it was to a certain extent, but even when you have players that are sort of creating a narrative and that are doing stuff, Even if it's a huge thing that ends up landing badly, it's still a huge thing that people talk about for years and really gives you you like a lot of sort of meat to to dig into as a player and to create a, a real immersive world.
1: yeah. I was never, yeah, I was never directly involved with the Salome event, but I loved watching it unfold. Uh, and uh, of course, I just had to laugh when Harry Potter was the 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 one responsible for the gank in the end. It was like, yeah, I could kind of, you you could kind of see that anybody who the trouble is anyone who trusts the <laughs> SDC ends up getting ends up getting oh. burned. And yeah, we've experienced that too. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, th- those ev- those events. I, the the thing is, he, he, I can see that them. It, it's it's quite easy for frontier to think well you know it it looks if it all goes horribly wrong it looks really bad for us etc etc but i think sometimes you have to be a bit brave and just do it there there are always going to be people who whine um you're never gonna you you're never gonna satisfy all the saltmeisters um and so yeah you've just gotta you've got to realize that you're gonna you're going to make some people annoyed and just, just go ahead and do it, because the vast majority yeah. of people enjoy it for what it is. Um, the It's funny, I sent my alt account. I didn't quite trust the whole thing with the cone sector, so I sent my long-suffering alt account to to go to go to the Gnosis, and he ended up sitting it out, because uh, there's not much you can do against a Thargoid in, a, in an unarmed dolphin.
0: Yeah, in an exploration build.
1: Yeah. Dolphin's a brilliant ship, by the way, for exploration.
0: Oh, and even better since January. They gave it that. Oh, yeah. week. That basically now you can be fuel scooping and then just jump to the next. Oh, system yeah. It won't overheat.
1: <laughs> with, with my with my alt account, I in fact I did a really long expedition. It was again, it was one of Yannick's. It was uh, the Orion um, yep. expedition. And then back-to-back back with that was um, the Eastern Promise, which was done mm. by Commander Just Barely uh, as a follow-up because he'd been on Orion as well and, wanted, and said, hey, do you, do you guys want to do a kind of a, a long journey home? So we did that. And that, 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 that was on my alt account in the Dolphin. And the great thing about that, you can actually, you can start, you can engage your fuel scoop while at the exclusion zone. Mm -hmm. and what you can do with the star, if you time it right you can actually fly you can almost touch the surface of the star if you time it right um you'll you'll go through the exclusion zone just as the countdown starts once the countdown starts you can't be popped out of you, you can't actually be popped out into normal space and you fly straight through the exclusion zone and you can I tried to touch the surface. I I could never quite do it, but you can get, and in fact, some jumps, you can actually be full of fuel again by the time you actually leave.
0: Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of, uh, from Stargate universe where they had the ship destiny and it had to recharge its solar, whatever it's, it's like power cells. And, uh, so the ship went into auto mode and just flew through the Corona of a star. And it was like, the tech was so good that it, its shields kept up but it just it it, like you saw these massive sort of you know uh whatever ion scoops opening up and every different thing and like lighting up as the ship was just like glowing with with the heat as it flew right through the gas it was yeah incredible yeah
1: it's yeah but yeah, the dolphin's brilliant. So,
0: Yes, anyway. good stuff. But, but you were saying about how, so like, because my feeling is even with the complaints, even with the hassle, even with the whatever, if I'm an executive at Frontier Developments and I look back at the Gnosis event, I look back at the Salome event, uh, I look back at many previous big events from the past, I have to say, overall, that's a huge net positive for engagement level for the people that uh, you know being of interest now even if you can manage to not you know sort of step on your own dick it's even a bigger win because you know you you look at like the player engagement even something of a much lesser uh sort of impact but look at the golconda event that the numbers of players and the amount of people enjoying the narrative and getting involved and doing all of the stuff or whatever it's like this, I, I understand skeleton crew. I understand we're working on the next big thing. I understand all of that, but I don't understand the point at which from a corporate level, when they're planning out their, their plan, they, they say, okay, we're going to have, you know, 10 guys be the skeleton crew keeping elite going right now for the next year and a half. We're going to have 90 guys over here locked in this other room building this product that we're going to eventually call Odyssey. I don't understand the thought process where someone in in a board meeting doesn't step up and say, hey, why don't we grab three other guys that we can add three guys to the payroll or grab three from the 90 or something where it's like your job is keeping Galnet going. Your job is making, uh, you know, you two your job is making interstellar initiatives. And really that between you know, a couple of or or one guy doing all of that, like that's not even a a full time situation. That's a situation where you could be doing that and still, for, with the rest of your time, be pitching in on fleet carriers or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and certainly the interstellar initiatives. I a lot of them. I had uh, the the stuff around the the Lave cluster. You know, the the mm-hmm. whole thing with the famine. I was hoping that was going to develop because that had uh, some not heard of yet, kind of terror group from, or piracy, well it's really a, a kind of, out for revenge uh, for what the Fed did to them from Kappa I was, was hoping that was going to develop. Of... Yeah, I was hoping that was going to d- develop because then you could have us in the EIC sort of clandestinely supporting right. them because you know, the the enemy of our enemy is our friend kind of thing, but yeah, it was, uh, I was hoping that was going to develop a bit
0: more. It, it... It was interesting because that the last message of that uh, the what we'll call the Rockforth Fertilizer Saga, which was you know there was a, a multi-tiered uh, interstellar initiative where it was like stage one, stage two, stage three, and you were you know first investigating, going around to investigate, then you were doing combat against the Scythe of Penm, then you were the last step was going around and delivering the ergonomic treatments or agronomic sorry treatments to. Uh, the sort of affected uh, areas and the very last one of that it on the very last line of it had a little sort of uh, a little uh, teaser of like yeah and especially this area out in uh, what was it called Uh, 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 had a weird name the system of blah 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 seems to officially or seems to be you know extra hard hit in their need for food and then it was a commander I think it was Malik that off of that went there and looked and was like hey there's a generation ship here yeah but but you're right there was more room for that story to play out with the side of panem like they did they just kind of went like hey everybody look over there
1: yeah i i was hoping that was going to develop into because that that was another thing, right? Early on, even before the EIC existed, I'd been in the um, there was a, there was a, a an actual war in Capifornasis that the whole thing between the against the Federation that sorry the Federation against the farmers. Yep, and so there are conflict zones around uh, around Panem and Panas, so yeah, the planet and its moon, um, with the the you yeah, know the federal navy in there. And there were a ton of players and i always i was always surprised how many players are playing for the filthy feds i mean <laughs> i got shot down i was in there because it was like 1.0 and i was i thought i was like you know so cool in my e-rated cobra mm. and, and then I I, I I went in there in my e-rated cobra and this asp turned player A player ass turned and faced me and this big sort of purple ball came out the front of his ship and hit me and my ship exploded
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that's when you found out about plasmas
1: Uh, that's when I found out about plasmas and also about a rating modules is a good thing
0: yeah man yeah and that was a brilliant because that was tied to a whole storyline that's a, a, a brilliant example of you had actual events in game but it was tied to a higher storyline that we couldn't sort of touch, but we could involve indirectly. Uh, and that higher storyline was that, uh, you know, Hudson had Zach Hudson had sort of maneuvered Jasmina Halsey into a position of having to like come out hard on the law and order side. She was trying to outright the right uh, wing of of that on that issue. And so she you know, had said, yes, we're going to go ahead and do whatever. And then his buddy that was the head of the, the Admiral of the fleet in charge in the area was like, okay, cool. Now we're going to X this up to like straight up, like, you know, carpet bombing people and, and murder and whatnot. And yeah, that was a brilliant mixture of how the narrative and, and the lore can come together with direct actions that you get to take as a player to craft the next sort of chapter of the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, yes, I, th- those days I remember fondly.
0: Mm. May they soon return.
1: Yes. <laughs> and maybe, maybe with Odyssey they will. Uh, I, as, I, as I was saying earlier, they Frontier do seem a lot more excited about Odyssey than they have of... Basically anything since before 1.0, um, yeah. they, they they they've rolled out. You know, we've got new dev diaries, we've got new new live streams and stuff, which they uh, haven't done for a while uh, to such intensity. So yeah, it's, it's nice it's nice to see that. So uh, the 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 trouble is that that once the hype train gets going, um, <laughs> you, you see the usual cycle. People uh, people's expectations get higher and higher until they they kind of reach a level which is, uh, like impossible for a mere mortal software developers. And then, yeah, then so, but anyway, um, it's nice. It's nice to see there is definite excitement and, you know, we're just itching to show you this stuff
0: again. So, so fingers crossed expectations, yep. low hopes high and, <laughs> yes. and, and move into this with a positive attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we sort of circle around to propter lucrum vinceamus stellis? Why don't we talk a little bit about your 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 uh, your homeboys, the East India Company?
1: That means, by the way, translated for profit, we conquer the stars. Yes, we used to have it. We used to have a different motto, and I'm trying to remember what what it is. I, th- I think it was just Seki stellis, which is just follow the stars. But yeah, we we went for more. Um, well, the, the uh, quite a lot of people probably have heard the... I mean, we we're a bit quieter than we used to be. I mean, when, when we first formed, um, we were we were always self-promoting pretty damn hard, really. Uh, but the EI, the, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, it's been around for a while. I th- think, uh, if my memory serves, we started in about March during 1.0 uh which would have been 2015 i think um just to trying, trying to get my dates right uh and we we won the there's a few groups like us which which are still going which started started around then but it all came out of originally there was a um, there was a group called emperor's grace which was kind of more of an umbrella group as it were it's, it's not to be confused with if, if you fly around the empire you'll see there's such and such emperor's grace only one of those emperor's graces is, is actually associated with the original player faction which i think mm. is long gone um but the 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 Apparently, uh, cause this was before my time. There were there was there were a bunch of groups involved in the Emperor's Grace. One of them being uh, the the then east india trading company which was part of which it was like it was like just a division as it were of this player group Mm -hmm. anyway there were apparently there were i'm not i wasn't privy to them there were there were some disagreements as there sometimes are and they broke away and announced they were going independent and this that and the other and there was a big post on reddit and i saw this i thought oh Let's check this out. This looks like a fun group's join, so I went went to the website and joined it and all that. So this was probably in the first week or two of of starting. So as I, as as we said earlier, the fir- the, the first the the, the the first big event which was actually going on which we got straight into was this uh, FNS Nevermore uh, community goal which we were blockading. Yeah, that would have been 1.1 1. 1, because 1.1 1. 1 was CG's, I think 1 two was wings and 1.3 was power play um so we we got we got going with that and then the loo war and all that kind of stuff and we did things like there was one of our members uh came up with something called the galactic silk road where he defines basically a big it was like a huge loop um it, you you could fly around it in each way and it had it was basically a list of commodities the most profitable yeah. commodities between them so you'd you could you could just keep flying in, in this big loop around the bubble and so it went pretty much everywhere
0: that was um, a big money-making thing at the yeah time.
1: so yeah and i i remember doing it in the type 7 being pirated and things like that in <laughs> fact i got i got a wing we there's a wing of like three three of us and we went around there and we got pirated a few times we went around this thing but yeah it was um, we we were doing things like that uh, and various onion head events, which of course netted us eventually <laughs> our, our capital in Capifornasis. Uh, there you go. And we also uh, we also started with the BGS quite early on. Once we once we once we'd got our home, we I ran that first that first expansion. That was like it took us it took quite a long time. For the, the I think there were still bugs being worked out in the BGS. But it it took us a while, and finally we got into expansion state, and we expanded somewhere. And then it, the, the system didn't tell you where you'd expanded, so we had to send out scouting parties to find out where we'd gone to.
0: <laughs> where are we? I don't know.
1: And and we discovered it actually nowhere because due to not not really a bug, but there there was. You know how you can only expand into a, a a system with you know it has to have less than whatever factions. Anyway, this that it one of these couldn't be found, so we just didn't expand because hmm. uh, we reported because we we reported to Frontier. We said you know we'd we'd been we'd scouted. 300 odd systems within god knows how many light years we haven't found where we've gone where have we gone or did we expand at all and they said uh actually um yeah so the next time around we i think we prepared a system and we expanded into it was some little tiny system it was uh one the lp i think lp 771-72 i think it was it has like two outposts in it and it was like yay, wow, it was, it was like all this jubilation we had because we actually expanded somewhere. We'd actually figured out how to expand.
0: <laughs>
1: and then we started working BGS more and more, and we learned how to... That one of our targets was LTT 1349, which is um, like... It, a lot of people use it as a home system now um, because <laughs> it had... It was our first it was our first system with uh, uh what was it um it was like a high tech system so it had good models yeah. and all that so we worked to push the feds out of that system and take it for our own um so that that's that was kind of one of our core systems as it were in fact it's more our capital than our capital it's it's usually where well until fleet carriers it's usually where people kept their ships because it had decent outfitting and it has a tech broker i think or something like that and So yeah, we, we, we've used, we've used that system quite extensively. So yeah, as as we, we, we sort of got, we, and ever since then we've, we've, basically done a lot of bgs work um we've also done other things we had um usually usually the kind of charitable things it's usually because there's there's a member in particular who has a a cause close to their heart you know like the, the whole situation with the australian fires for instance so we had like a live streaming event um for that uh we did one for I think the hurricane harvey thing as well uh in in you know where Houston absolutely walloped and a lot of people a lot of people ended up sort of uh homeless with that so yeah we so so we 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 start we we got quite a broad membership so we we sort of go in all sorts of well these days all different ways and of course then the the trading post which is probably a, a lot of people will know us for the trading post um, right. that was in fact our current chairman was a trading post customer uh, Commander Icarus Smith in fact I, I I it was me who met him because uh, he'd come for is I think it was probably the first time he'd ever played an open and this, this thing with the trading post a lot of people haven't ever played with other players until hmm. they want to get an engineer unlock and they see the trading post and they say yeah come on you yeah, know we're an open play come on and we'll bring you in and whatever so <clears throat> a lot of a lot of people get it as their first experience you know people who've, who might have only played in solo or they might have played in open they've just not really done you know winged up or anything like that so you know it's because it. it's generally newer players who are looking for engineering unlocks
0: Let's walk people through it. So for, for new players that, that are not familiar with the system, the idea of the trading post, the entire concept is, in just to, to sort of general terms is, um, you need X amount of of certain specific goods to unlock this engineer, that engineer, this engineer, et cetera, et cetera. And you guys provide an opportunity for A, a role-playing sort of experience, and B, instead of... I'm going to fly to this system where I can buy it. It only lets me buy 12. I need 45, so I'm going to go back and forth four times. You guys have it such that people would show up. They would, you know, go to the trading post and, and put in a request, uh, and then they, you know, come in into open. You would, you know, have a ship out there, and you guys would, would do a trade where, you know, they would pay you in a commodity, and you would take that and return the the item that they need. Now, back in the early days, that that commodity was imperial slaves, which just to be very clear for anyone who's listening, who's like, whoa, slavery. Imperial slavery is not anything like slavery in the history of Earth. It's a whole different situation. And there's like a, a regulated system. And whether you're for it or against it, it's whatever. It's not based on race. It's a whole different thing. But you have transitioned and you no longer accept Imperial Slaves as payment, you guys accept Tritium now, yeah?
1: Yeah, I'm actually a little bit... I haven't been into the trade post for a while. The, the whole thing has changed a bit with Fleet Carriers, because it, in the past, what we've done, we've had sh- people's alt accounts we've had ship people, whales, so they uh, things like Type 9s, Imperial Cutters, you loan them... Basically, we have loading parts of the rare goods uh, mm-hmm. that we trade, so like uh, Lavium, Brandy, um, What's what's the other like? guys, all that kind of stuff. We load them into Wales. Um, we loaded them into whales. and and then you you meet somewhere in space, and you 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 drop a load of stuff. Uh, the the this. we we drop a load of stuff, and then the customer would drop whatever the payment was, and there'd be bits flying back and forth and what have you.
0: <laughs>
1: it's it's changed a bit with carriers because we can. Although you can't sell rares from a carrier, you can store them in your own carrier. So mm-hmm. it's that, that's been quite helpful. That, that's quite helpful things too, because now you don't have to reserve if you don't have, to have an account with a ship reserved for nothing but storing stuff because you can stick it in a carrier and then you can fly the ship for other things. Mm-hmm. Or go get even or go get even more rares and, and so so you can you can mm-hmm. use the carriers for deep storage for that. But other, there are other commodities. There are non-rares um, such as bromalite, which you and yourself credits now. You can you can go mine them. We can have a mining party for bromalite. Mm-hmm. Um, stick them on a carrier and just it, it's it's easy. You just sell it. Um, so that 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 makes it. A, things have changed a little bit with the carriers. I I unfortunately I don't. Do a lot with the trading post myself. I'm normally involved with the BGS group, um, Mm. which takes up pretty. The BGS can be, uh, if you and you'll know from doing turning turning the wheel, it can be quite time consuming. Can it? Yes. So, um, especially these last couple of weeks, because we got into something like five wars simultaneously, which was. Uh, that was that was hard work. <laughs> that
0: is a lot. That's a lot.
1: We, we got into a lot of wars at once. It, it was one of those perfect... So I, I, it's just how things sometimes line up. It used to be with the BGS that you can only be in one war at once, but now, of course, you can be in multiple wars. And once you're in... I don't know how many systems we are now. I can have a quick look at on eddb.io. Let me just have a quick fertile here we have factions name east india company uh spine minor factions uh we are in we are controlling 64 at the moment and we have 157 assets so once you've got that many systems it, it gets kind of slippery and just random cuz the vgs runs on on player actions only so just random players flying through space where eic have systems uh, or uh, control assets they they cause stuff to happen eventually and it and it, it can cause your, you, know, you 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 can have un unintended influence rises in places or unintended influence for and the the, the real trouble is, is trying to is trying to uh, separate this just from, from random actions from things that might be malicious because sometimes you see like a huge influence gain on another faction mm-hmm. and you think oh somebody's working against us there but it's not it's just because that faction went into famine or something or and it's usually outbreak An outbreak medicines become tremendously profitable and you get these wing missions to deliver me- uh, medicines which are tremendously p- profitable mm. and you get and players fall uh, sort of come across them and start doing them and all, all of a sudden the faction that's in outbreak suddenly their influence goes shooting up and uh eventually you meet them in the middle and the war starts mm-hmm. uh, but so we we were stuck in several wars at once last week uh and we managed to close them all out i I'm not sure that because some systems we don't care about, and we say nah, just just leave it be. We don't care. And we have other systems because again, we're there, there are a lot of player factions. So we have we have an embassy. Um, in fact, we have a group. We have like an embassy channel now, Discord, and then a whole bunch and of other emb- embassies with player groups that are nearby. So we make sure we we try not to step on each other's toes as it were with certain ones so you've got we got about you know 15 or 20 of those uh just flicking through the channel list here mm.
0: um
1: and so it yeah the bgs as, as your as your footprint goes up uh becomes more and more slippery and sometimes you just you just end up in situations you never intended just because of the of the 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 amount of the the amount of systems you got into so yeah it's 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 one of those things and let's see where are we in terms of size now yeah we're we're still in the we're still definitely in the top 20 i'm probably not gonna i'm probably not gonna just go counting through but um yeah that's that that's basically what we get with the bgs is um it gets busy and probably one advantage you have with turning the wheel that we don't is that probably systems you've been to, you probably don't care about so much. Um, so if a war starts there, you know, not such a big deal. It used to be in the old, the old BGS system that that would mean that state, became, that was a blocking state, but the, all those blocking states have have now gone. So... Yeah, you probably don't care so much if if uh, one of your one one of your older systems that aren't particularly important to you are uh, sort of falling into a war state or a lockdown or whatever. So yes, mm. <laughs> that is my that is my brain dump on uh, on where we are with the
0: BGS. Right on. Well, I mean, being sort of that big of an entity requires obviously many 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 people so you as a fleet commander are one of the people in charge but there are a legion of fleet commanders that then oh, yes. control various aspects of various areas and then there are people that are working for those fleet commanders yeah
1: yeah we we have fleet fleet and wing we have like the chairperson we got two of those uh commander vargix and commander icarus smith yeah, we have like half a dozen fleet commanders and then we have another half a dozen or so wing commanders. And mm. we, we've also got some elders because, of course, as time goes on, people go on to new games or whatever, but, you know, they're kind of... Um... The kind of respected older members of our our group, so uh, they mm. they stay on Discord and they get their they get their elder tags. Which I always think of them they this like yeah they they all look like they all look like Gandalf the Grey. You
0: know? <laughs> a bunch of space pensioners.
1: Yes, half of them are probably only about twenty five, but yeah, I always mm. think of them sort of looking a bit like Gandalf <laughs> the Grey or something like that.
0: Back in my day, we only jumped yes. sixteen light years and we liked it.
1: But but the other thing is for it for, for things like uh player engagement, we mm. have things like superhero tags. So if we, we get somebody who does an absolute ton of work, for instance, we've got uh after the serial wars we just have, we got uh Connor eleven twenty-two three and Lone Duck as superheroes for the hours and hours and hours they put in fighting wars. Um and we got like a top Mad Mags, the top trader a you know, top ax uh, K trucks, a top ax warrior, um, and that kind of thing. So we we tr- we we try and do things. We we try and do things to kind of do a bit of player engagement. And another thing we nice. have is is like a a uh, role of 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 like system. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, like. System Governor, that's it. So if okay. you, if somebody's done a lot of work preparing a particular system or working on it, then we'll give them like System Governor tags in the, the the Discord and that that kind of thing. So it gives them it gives them their own piece of EIC space to you know what what they I mean they they got it for us, so they kind of they they it's kind of like their system as it were. Um. So yeah. We- which.
0: Which has it, the added benefit for you guys of now that's his headache to keep it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yes, but it, it, it also you know if you give people some goals to you know because hmm. one one of the things I find with with games like um, Elite Dangerous is it's the whole thing with the open ending game uh, the open ended sort of um, game it is is that it, a lot of people they they mind diamonds or whatever they get their anaconda and they think well what next mm. things like the bgs and, and player groups wherever you join will can give shape to your game they can give you uh, other things to shoot for it doesn't matter if uh, that that you're as as rich as creosote um if you don't have any if you don't have like goals to shoot for for a lot mm-hmm. of players i mean some players just like farting around the universe you know and, and a lot of people are exploring things but the, the one nice thing about a player group that works the bgs is it gives you it gives you things to push for that aren't just credits or the next ship or whatever that the ship becomes the tool um it's a bit like you're you're going on about a while back about fleet carriers being the shovel. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's that it's that kind of idea. Your ships are the tool you use to um, for, for for political influence, as it were. It's mm. it's how you expand whatever corporation or whatever you, you know. We're a corporation, but some people are like anarchy groups, and other people are like. Um, uh patronage empire patronages and um, mm-hmm. what have you it it gives you it, it puts shape into the game um so uh and and so you don't have that it you have less of that question of well what do i do now well you got something to do you know now put all those tools to good
0: use kind of thing sure um, for a lot of games for for your world of warcrafts or whatnot it's like Well, my goal is I have to go rep up with this guy to get the the hammer of blah, blah, blah. And I got to go get this guy to get the the boots of blah, blah, blah. And I I have to get my guy to level 80 and oh they just had a new thing. Got to get him to level 90. Oh, I got to increase his, you know, hand to hand combat skill for this game or, oh, I got this, whatever. So you have sort of built in goals that you're trying to do. And for a lot of people with elite, they, they sort of run out of goals because they just they they tie their goals to just i'm going to get money or i'm going to get this ship and then once they do they're like okay i guess i'm done and it's like there's so much universe here that if you if you embrace it if you get into it with something like bgs or something like it doesn't have to be pgs it could be some hardcore exploration thing or it could be some other thing of some other type but like if you if you embrace the not just super surface level goals there is so much more to do in this game
1: yeah yeah and uh, going back to frontier first encounters with our uh, attempts at probably some fairly amateur written fan fiction again it was that gave us a goal and, and a reason to keep playing once you'd reached uh, Elite or whatever big ship you wanted to get mm-hmm. um, and, and the same thing's true the same thing's true really of if, if Elite Dangerous it, it, it gives you that there's 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 a there's a, there's a lot there, there's a lot of content in there that it, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it that, that kind of you only it, it 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 kind of comes out of having you know it, it they, they emerge from having you know some other goals and what mm-hmm. have
0: you yeah i mean um, for elite and frontier first encounter twos those were the first mmos it's just there weren't any other players but in your yeah. head there were in your head yeah. You were living in a fully fleshed-out, vital universe, and that ship that you just blew up was some guy that you ended because he messed with the wrong dude. It's just that now it actually can be that.
1: Yeah, I always actually, in Frontier First, else, I always liked it when you could take missions then which were... Similar to some of the ones in Elite Dangerous, where you take a mission to deliver something or deliver a passenger, Mm -hmm. and there'd be someone trying, there'd be an NPC trying to stop you, and they'd always send it because there was fewer, there were fewer messages. FFE obviously had a didn't have quite as much space Mm. to put in. God knows how many um different messages uh, but it, the, you'd always get that they always sent before they came and there wasn't really an interdiction they'd just come and like intercept you in space uh, mm-hmm. and they, they'd always send you the message you'll regret d- dealing with whoever it was <laughs> and it's like you'll regret dealing with david braben and, nice. and they're followed by followed by well this wasn't how it was supposed to go <laughs> yes and,
0: and there's still a variation of that uh yeah. today in elite dangerous there is but, yeah.
1: but it, it was it was always you'll regret dealing with whoever
0: mm-hmm. uh, so, well look yeah, we, you you make fun of them for having a limited number of messages but i'll yeah. have you know that they were in the top 1% of all yes. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't even do that with a straight face
1: yeah uh, yes um yeah i i do fight some of the messages especially when you the, the, the ones you get when you're just sitting in a station, the one the random one pops up because an NPC is getting scanned by the police. And the rest sometimes can be quite amusing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you've got no right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah good stuff. All right, so we've covered your, your history sort of with the game. We've ho- covered the East India Trading Company. Um, I want to real quick, I want to get into Sagai, but real quick first, I want to touch on your your time as an inflatable host at Lave radio you've you've kind of been an alternate that we're in the room there's a there's a small room that a handful of us are in that it always comes up like hey we need a uh, and and I'm docking right now and I see is this really necessary in the yes. background yeah yeah <laughs> uh there's a small room that a handful of us are in and I'll hear you know I'll see like hey we need an inflatable host can somebody pop in and most of the time you know i'm at work because england time you know, the nighttime is the middle of our day or the evening is the middle of our day. So, uh, I'm, I'm just not able to do it 99% of the time, but uh, then I'll, I'll see, you know, uh, you as one of the guys that's like, yeah, man, I'll be there. And you're fairly regular as a, as an alternate in there.
1: It all actually kind of started a while back. We, uh... There was a big battle between uh, Lave Radio and (laughs) some super salty people in the Alliance. I mean, super, super salty. And the thing is, this is an issue for us in the EIC because we need Lave and Brandy. Every time Lave would go into lockdown, we would we would we'd start we'd, we'd usually, cause the thing is the, the Alliance was trying to curry our favour by storing it for us and then giving it us and Lave Radio crew were doing the same so so we, we usually managed to keep the stocks up because cause, cause people were trying to curry our favours to get them to join their side or whatever so <laughs> <laughs> there was all this stuff because the Alliance really wanted Lave back and the Lave Radio crew didn't want to give it up so easily so there was a bit there was a bit of an event around that. Um and we had like some big pug public loading parties of Lavian brandy and all this kind of stuff that we did mm. when during the show and all that kind of stuff. And then later on I thought you know, I was looking for I was looking for an event to do uh in the EIC for you know as a player event. And I thought Hold on, we we done this thing called Thanksgiving a couple of years oh, ago. Oh yeah, it was like an event involving Onion Head. I thought I should do Thanksgiving too, uh, and although it got called Thanksgiving, actually, I've got I've got the sticker right here. It was Thanksgiving thirty three oh four. So it's round around the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving where we actually launched. I think it was just before like the Tuesday before. Because the idea was to do it in conjunction with, it was uh, EIC in conjunction with Lave Radio Network. So the this, this sticker actually says, I've got I've got a bunch of, I made a bunch of stickers for people who, who went on the expedition. And the idea was to bring rares, mainly Onion Head, Tanmark Onion Head, Tanmark Tranquil Tea and Lavian Brandy uh, up to the, um, up to, up to Colonia to Jack stations. Mm. Restock restock jacks with some with the good
0: stuff basically. So it was basically the jaunt to Jack's but with a bunch of weed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we we took a different route because the idea it was gonna be a smuggling route. So instead of going up through the traditional um the the Colonia connection route, which was the original Jaunta Jacks route, we would we'd go and do this, we'd we'd hop up high in the plane and go and go through like the neutron highway. Because you you always hit you hit a bunch of neutron stars on the way to Colonia if you go a bit off the plane. You're like about a thousand light years off the plane. So anyway, we mapped this route out. The the whole thing was there was a big loading party which was done while Lave Radio was on the air. So I was on with a bunch of people and it, there was a big there's a big loading party so we did a loading party at Capiforunas and we did a load, loading party up, uh, at Lave and then we, as the show ended we were off we, we sort of did a, mass, a little mass jump with about a dozen mm-hmm. ships to head off on our first first uh, waypoint and so every week uh, as this went it was like a three week expedition we did a I went on did a little bit of an update you know this is where we are now we've landed at I gave all the waypoints uh, a a little bit of backstory I named them after a, a, a smuggler in fact if I have a quick look hopefully I won't start roboting again if I if I have a quick look at, at EDSM and go back go back in time it was a while ago now 3304 and um, I can give you a bit of the statistics of what happened. Uh there we go. Uh still go wow, it's it's like two pages back now. <laughs> I still haven't got to it, it's two pages oh here we are. D- Thanksgiving 3304. So yeah, we had we had six waypoints. Um so uh Capcom, Aston and Lave, so they're in the bubble. Uh and then then we had a we had a we had a bunch of others. Um which we uh we we had a I'd I'd scouted I'd scouted a a, a, a landing spot with my alt account and th- this this is about when the beta was running for beyond so they're going to change all the um all the way yeah the whole the way the discovery scanner's work mm. so I actually could I could use the beta for skit to scan for geological sites and Some of them stayed that there were some of them when we actually landed there in the main game weren't geological sites, uh, but there are others where they were. Yeah, the, the 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 re roll on the um on the stellar forge had had rolled the same thing as it were, so yes, we we had um. We, I named the, the 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 waypoints after smugglers. Like we had the first one was Mount Rattenbury after a, a smuggler called that name, and we had George Quayle's Gulch, which was after George Quayle, who was he was a manxman. He um he was he sort of played both sides of the law. He was both a, he was like a judge and a politician. But in his in his sailing boat Peggy, which had cannons on, why would a why would a pleasure yacht need cannons? <laughs> <laughs> he he would uh he was reputed to have been working both sides. So um and then we had one about Jean Lafitte, who was a French um bandit. We had my favorite was William was the uh it was the story of William McCoy, who was an American uh blockade. He broke the it was during prohibition and he would he was like an honest criminal. He would, he took his ship up, up the coast of the U S and he would always sell honest goods. uh, And he would never use violence. He was, he was eventually shut down by the customs people. A customs cut cutter got him in the end, but, and Mm. he he went to, he went to, he went to prison for his, his troubles. But I, I liked his story. The better, in fact, I, for a long time, I had a ship named after him, one of my EIC smuggling ships. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he, uh, William McCoy was one, one of my favourite stories, um, so yeah. But we did did that with Lave Radio, and uh, so I was on there for the you night know, three, and I was on there for the because the, the the trouble is our our landing date when we actually got to Jacks was the day Beyond dropped, and nobody could log in. So basically, I spent the entire show trying to log in. <laughs> <laughs> to do the hmm. final convoy, convoy into Jack's station, so it, it was—it was kind of—it kind of ended up in a bit of a fast when we got there because of the, the usual. It was like never do this on release day. But the trouble <laughs> is, all this had been done like I, the, the whole thing had been done months in advance. So I, I had no idea it was going to be release day, but it was. But so I've been in—I've been in the, um, the live radio recording studio since, and so. And There's a couple of other things I've done with them, but then, then it was like, you know, oh with, uh, our our usual guest is, is, is stuck and can't come tonight. would you would you like to would you like to be our emergency guest? And <laughs> you your airplane, the this the scene with Oh the, yeah the, the autopilot, the blow up autopilot. Well that's that's the concept behind the inflatable guest is, oh, is yeah. the blow up autopilot from airplane. So yes, right. I I, I I do enjoy I I i I think oh great they've asked me again excellent because I, I do I do like the uh, the live radio has a nice dynamic to it I think and so I I do I do enjoy being the inflatable guest on that from time to
0: time, yeah yeah it's good fun it's good it's definitely good fun, so let's transition into Sagittarius I why don't yes. you just i'm just going to sit back and chill you tell me about your history with sagittarius i all the way up to the transition to your current position and and you know what you sort of see going forward
1: okay so well i started with them as a writer um it was in fact it was all to do with the uh thanksgiving expedition expedition Mm. because that was my first article for sagi i wasn't I wasn't with them then. I it was a it was a submission I sent in. I, I wrote the thing, submitted some pictures, and say, "Hey, would you like this?" I kind of wrote it in Universe. And actually, before that, I'd worked on something that Sovereign uh, ran for a short while. Something called the Colonia Gazette. I think. Oh Souverine yeah. I, I did an article for them as well on on mining um, because I I'd, I'd been out there and there wasn't much in Colonia to do other than mine, <laughs> mm. so so I'd been mining like like anything because there was it was just when it, Colonia was getting built out, and the mining missions if you did, if you just mined and sold it was pretty poor money but if you took the missions um you could actually do quite well out of them so i was taking the mission so I, I wrote this article on mining uh which is i think it's still out there um i could probably google it um but yeah so it i that that's basically how i started i wrote that I, I, I knew about sagai i i I'd usually pick it up. I I can't quite i never had the time to read it cover to cover but i always the artwork's brilliant so i'd always look and flick through see the artwork and all that and mm. read a couple of articles and anyway so i submitted the the one about the thanksgiving expedition and suverine says i really like this do you want to come and write for us so i said yeah, sure. I mean, what do you want? He said, well, if you just use one article every month or two, about 2,000 words. So I I started doing that. So I've had an article ever since then. I've had an article in every edition since then. And then it was like, oh, do you want to be an editor as well? So because he said, he said, you seem to follow the style guide when you're writing. Would you like to be an editor? So (laughs) actually, I hadn't even seen the style guide. It's just I'd read bits of Sagittarius I, so I knew what they, I knew kind of how, what it should look like. So I thought I just wrote right in that style, you know? And mm. So uh, that, that's basically what I did. So anyway, I started doing editor started doing editing. And then it was like, um, I think in January, would you like to do the editorial? So I, I, I really enjoyed the writing, the editorial. It's only a short piece, but I, I just hit triple elite when I did the edit that editorial in January. Um mm. it's taken me a long time to get to Triple Elite for the amount of time I actually play. But the the combat elite took took a while. So I I I did a little short bit about, you know, why do we still do it? You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not a pilot isn't you know, a pilot isn't something piloting isn't something you do, it's something you are. So mm-hmm. that's why you keep going after the Triple Elite because it's it's like the fibre of your being, it's not you know, it, it defines you. It's not like a. Anyway, so that that was my in universe uh, thing, and uh, I had to quote uh, John Gillespie Magee Junior's poem. That the the um, what's it called the the high Flight, I think it's called it's mm-hmm. it's always one for it's always one for, for anybody who's in, into aviation. Um, it was written in the nineteen thirties or forties, I think um because the, the 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 author was actually killed in the second world war um but yeah it was and then it was but uh anyway that's that's basically how i how i got to where i am now what's go on
0: well just and you have recently accepted another promotional yes. position within yes. the the organization let's talk about that
1: there, is, there are some changes up foot um Sagittarius I has been going on for three or four years. It's been it's been mm-hmm. going on for a while, um, and people just want to move on. Uh, eventually, uh, souverine has got uh, some other projects. Uh, he's into you might oh, have yeah. heard of. So you might have heard of the Cosmonaut, which is. Yeah. Which is like Sagittarius Eye, but for... Star Citizen, system. yeah. And there's, there's also what Parallel, Parallel Worlds, I think it is. I have, the other one I haven't looked at, it's like a it ge- is. general science fiction um, publication, which I'm ashamed to say I haven't even looked at yet.
0: Well, I, I can tell you yeah. a little bit about it as I'm on staff for Parallel Worlds. Yep. It's a monthly publication that has general sci-fi and gaming stuff. It is incredible um and you should definitely uh check it out because the, the so it there's sort of a collage of of things there that are you know there's stuff about oh this game is coming out here's a review there's interviews with people about different aspects of sort of gaming and sci-fi culture and then there's also things like um uh you know like original works of fiction there's one from like two months ago was an original work of fiction where i swear to god it's not elite it's not set in the elite dangerous universe that we know of there's nothing that's specifically said of like you know federation or imperial space or whatever but without covering without being tied to any of the 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 um sort of touchstones of of direct elite dangerous involvement it is still to my mind the best uh sort of uh what do you call it Generation ship ghost story that that, i mean in my head it's set in the elite universe and it's an amazing story yeah so yeah yeah
1: yes i must check i wonder if they've got a podcast
0: they do in fact
1: i i love listening to this because this is a great thing about in fact what i'm going to come to fairly shortly (laughs) one of the great things i love about podcasts is Elite Dangerous is a great game for listening to podcasts. In fact, you know, it's because quite often you're doing... The only, thing, the only time I don't listen to things like podcasts is when mm. we're doing wars because mm-hmm. they're too noisy. You can't concentrate. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's not just the physical noise of stuff exploding around you. It's the noise in your brain as you're going and selecting targets, whatever. And you realize the last 15 minutes of the podcast, you, it's just gone in one ear and out the other. So mm. I generally don't listen to podcasts if I'm doing conflict zones. But, yeah, the normal thing here, you know, like, I listened to Sony podcasts when I was mining for my... Um, <laughs> like fleet carrier i'd honestly and and there was some really great i listened to some really good stuff on the bbc as well they had a absolutely brilliant series about people tunneling under the berlin wall um, mm. which i, I love that period from history uh you know articles about it and so yeah all that kind of stuff but i i, I listen to things like elite week and loose screws and all the rest is when i'm when i'm just doing it you know like an ex- exploration missions are excellent for podcasts as well because you can <laughs> you can fly around scanning planets and it's it 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 makes the whole thing quite an enjoyable experience um, mm. so i i i do like the whole podcast format and i think this is one and this is what i'm getting to now is that the thing is after after several years uh the trouble is, people got are getting burned out a bit, and we're also in kind of a bit of a content lull with Elite Dangerous. So, the trouble is, we're we're kind of we end up finding ourselves wanting for designers now. The designer for making the print, as it were, edition of Sagittarius I is an incredibly important but also incredibly time-consuming role. I think generally the Lead designer alone will put in twenty or thirty hours uh, of work on Sajak, which is quite a lot. I mean, it's the best part of a working week
0: mm-hmm.
1: in their spare time doing this. Uh, and this is, in fact, why we went from monthly to three monthly because uh, it it was the, it was just too it was too much work was falling on too few people. That that's mm-hmm. not to say. The, I, I, I as a writer and editor, had it easy because you know I'd write my one article a month. I'd go and edit a few, and then I was done. And then the back end of the process of that, the the chief editor's job and the chief designer's job, was absolute punishing.
0: Mm.
1: And um, so. It was like the, the, there was big soul searching um, that went on quite recently after the last episode because the last issue we published is again it, 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 it got better I think with with every edition and it was a it was kind of it was quite a long one as well we had quite a lot of articles in it um, and it was like. The design team was basically—they'd got a bit burnt out by this stage—and the 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 lack of the, the sort of the, the the chasm until we get to Odyssey—it was weighing hard. So, the, the trouble is, is trying to say this without it sounding like a criticism of the people who 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 have had enough. But they, they've done a great job over the last oh, absolutely, whatever years, and it wouldn't have happened without them. And it's and it you know, it's and the the thing is it's got to be fun this is a volunteer effort we're none of us are getting paid for it so mm-hmm. it it has to for people to want to continue it has to be fun and mm-hmm. so the time of reckoning came Do we just knock it all on its head um and just say okay we'll go on it. this is our last our last edition of Sag-I, at least you know probably forever but you know because the trouble is once you stop stop something like this it's it it, it's really hard to get it started again yeah so we spent quite a bit of time this this is probably why you think think, shouldn't there be another shouldn't there be another edition out just yet but we we did collectively soul search for a while um and i was saying to i saying, well you know I would like to continue it. I I still enjoy doing it. I I I enjoyed writing the articles and doing the edits and listening mm. to. It. I love it because I say I always, even though I've read most of the articles by the time it comes out, I always listen to the podcast end to end and I always go through the mag and all that. Mm. And he uh, was saying, "Well, yeah, okay. Uh, since you're enthusiastic for it, here, do you want to be chief editor?" And it was like, "Oh." <laughs>
0: Uh, I just is, messed up.
1: <laughs> this is kind of terrifying, and but yeah, we did this soul searching, and I thought, well, the thing is, I've got to find a way of doing out doing it without burning myself out. Because told me basically what, how much mm. time he spent on it, because he had not just the podcast and the videos, he also had the print edition to deal with, and so we all sort of had a think and said, well why don't we for now we uh it's the the elephant in the room is as it were is trying to keep the print version going um Mm -hmm. one of the things we've noticed is we we spend a load of work in it but readership is going down um it's been on a downward trend since 2018 or something like that um on the other hand we asked uh, Peter Wotherspoon to have a look at the, the I think it was I think it was Peter Wotherspoon was looking at the podcast statistics, and they're going the other way. They're going up. More people, you know, more and more people are listening. Mm. And I think part of that is because the the whole subscription model with podcasts is people get a you know they get the, the the notification whenever it comes in, so they just queue it up and play it. You know, in their car or it downloads their device automatically, whatever, and they just play it while they're. They're playing the game or driving somewhere or on the train or whatever. So we came to the decision. Well, what we should do, because the, the last podcast was also quite long. Um, we had, and the edition was long, so the podcast was long. So instead of doing a quarterly editions, what we'll do is we'll, we'll concentrate on keeping the podcast going and make it shortly, like four or five articles, so about 45 minutes to an hour ago, Mm-hmm. and do it monthly so we'll increase we'll go back to a monthly but with a less punishing schedule for the editors because because the other the other thing is, is the, while um, while the designers and uh souverine were sort of getting a bit tired of it the podcasters were still very enthusiastic about it so mm. uh, want to keep them on board and everything like that so yeah we go We'll, we'll move to a a we'll we'll move to a more frequent um, podcast edition because that's that's the way people want it. They they want something to listen to. They're not necessarily sitting and reading it from cover to cover because that takes you, whole, you you know your full attention. But mm-hmm. they, much as I lament uh, that. Uh, we, we don't write, have the capacity right now to do the print edition. Because I always loved, I loved the artwork in it and the design. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, It was absolutely beautiful. It looked absolutely spot on. Um, there's, you can only do what you can do. And um, as I was saying, we're, a, we're all volunteers and people have to be, people have to be having fun. They can't feel like it's a second job. And so rather than trying to browbeat anybody into being a designer will concentrate on the stuff that people are finding fun which is the podcast and that the community in general the players of elite dangerous uh, are enjoying listening to so that's basically the direction we're going to go i will never of course i'll never say never we've got of course we've got odyssey coming up so um in probably less than six months time now so was it january so yeah just about five months time which will probably stoke enthusiasm so if if there is if there is somebody who is willing to uh bite off the huge chunk of work which is being the head of design (laughs) Mm. um we would certainly look into doing the print style magazine again um so as i said never say never but it it's got to be fun it's got to be something that um people are doing because they enjoy it not because they feel it's a second job or it's an obligation or whatever so that's where we stand now so yes we're going forward with the the podcast for now
0: So on the one hand you are keeping the institution going so that it doesn't close down but even more than that even above that it's going to go sagittarius i is going to go from being a thing that you get every quarter to now a thing that you get every month yeah i think that there's a lot of people that will be very excited and happy to see that transition because i just i think there's a lot of people that would prefer you know four issues uh or sorry 12 issues a year each of them being you know 45 minutes to an hour long than four issues a year, each of them being three hours long. Even if yeah. it's a similar yeah, sure. sort of amount of content, it just feels more of the time. It feels more sort of more, uh, more, more direct and more immediate that way. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be good news. And I, as a, as one of the uh, members of the crew of Sagittarius, I will get more stuff to do. So that'll be fun. Yes.
1: Yep, yeah okay because you do you do some of the the voice acting for yes. Us, so yes
0: yeah yeah and now in addition to the podcast which has been a thing and has happened you know you guys also have the the uh youtube page that has videos yes. out and and uh that is continuing uh on as as i understand it yeah
1: yes yeah so and of course we we can use we can use the voice acted parts of the video as well. So mm-hmm. um, that that makes that that makes the. I I know I've done some video editing for my, myself and that can be a lot of work too. Uh, I did some I did some videos of of you know, mul, you know multiple position. My, my dad's my dad's into motorcycle racing, so I I did some videos of him racing a sidecar outfit
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in the Isle of Man, and that. You'd you'd record probably an hour and a half's footage for a five minute video, and of yeah. course you've got to sit there and edit it all. It's probably not quite that severe with uh, making a leap date you know, a video to go with um, the podcast content, but even so, it's it 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 can take it it takes quite a lot of work to oh yeah to, to do the video editing part. In fact, I think I, I I keep thinking I should try my hand at, at this again because the 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 one the articles for for, for this for for, <clears throat> for for the upcoming edition, um, which will hopefully be the end of August, will uh, involves a lot of combat zone things. And I was thinking I could I could do it in a video like this, that, and the other. Anyway, um, I'm getting ahead <laughs> of myself. <laughs> I'm just giving myself more work here. Mm. Honestly, and and Souverain's right. I'm so I thought how much work. Could it be if we 're just doing a podcast but i've actually i spent half the morning sort of fiddling around with stuff today on sagi i I suppose because i 've got I've got two weeks off now, so I was supposed to as of yesterday, I was supposed to spend some time doing it yesterday, but I got caught up in something else um mm. which was supposed to take you know maybe a morning but ended up taking all day so you
0: know how <laughs> it goes. oh I know.
1: So, it's what, yeah. It always it always seems to work out like that. Those those jobs, those <laughs> jobs that you always say, oh, this job will take you know maybe an hour. Three hours later, you're still at it. Um, but yeah, so um, and yeah, so I'm I'm already starting. I'm starting to feel the uh, the amount of work it could it, it, it potentially is. I'm, but I'm I'm still feeling my way um, with this whole chief editor thing I'm doing. Uh, so i'm trying to make it before i actually set the release date i'm trying to make all my mistakes because once i set the release date that sets the monthly cadence so i if i say okay we are get everything recorded and we'll go live uh, like august the 15th for argument's sake which Mm. that's not going to happen it's yeah
0: that's no it's just a date
1: yeah um then the next one will be september the 15th the next one october the 15th so now i've got to try you know I, I've got to be in a rhythm before we uh, that cadence starts because otherwise I end up shooting myself in the foot. so I'm trying I'm desperately trying not to shoot myself in the foot here. Um, Can I so. make a suggestion? Go on. yes.
0: Don't do it the end of August. If I could make okay. a suggestion, do it like plan internally to have it wrapped yes. up and done and fixed and like a product ready to release the end of August yes and then release it September 1st. Because if you set that cadence of it's the first of the month and now everybody's excited like, oh, first of the month, that's new SAG-Eye. The human brain is very well sort of uh, 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 accustomed to marking the first of the month as the time that you do stuff and whatever. And I just think that it would be a, a perfect opportunity for you to cash in on like, Hey man, this is a thing. Every on first of the month, uh, I know there's a new sag guy. I'm gonna go looking for it. Make sure it's that extra little bit of free help, that free push. As you said, the, the the podcast form lends itself very well to sort of auto downloads and auto this and auto that. But there are times where iTunes doesn't auto update or Google Play drops an episode or something happens and it just doesn't go through. And then if the first of the month comes around, and you get 500 people going, Hey, man, I didn't get my thing, you know, okay, there's an issue, I got to deal with this as opposed to if it's you, oh, we're gonna do it around the 20th of every month, that kind of comes and goes without people sort of acknowledging it. And it may be that people don't notice that it hasn't come on their particular feed for two weeks, three weeks later.
1: You know, when you were saying, oh, don't do it at the end of August, I was thinking, oh, well, what's Frontier told him? What, what's what's a huge announcement that Frontier are going to be making at the end of August that will flip?"
0: Oh, Frontier next? is definitely making a huge announcement on August 29th, but, uh, yes. yeah, well, yeah, that, that's a whole separate issue.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, we, we should probably not release on the same day as Front because otherwise no one will hear about it, because cause of, you know, Frontier's big
0: news. Yeah, I just... So, I just I just like the idea of the first of the month, but that's just, you know,
1: the other other thing people might not realize um, is how far in advance we have to work on this. Uh, Today, I'm already putting uh, issue 28 is what's coming out. It will be the next one, but I'm already putting together the running order for issue 29. So... Mm -hmm. We, we start thinking, because cause the main, we've got the breaking news service, which is, as you expect, is breaking news. Mm-hmm. But the actual main magazine or podcast is generally not sort of up-to-date current affairs. It's usually, you know, it's it's magazine content, basically. Mm-hmm. So we we start quite a long way in advance. Um, I think we would for uh, certainly with the, the written edition, we were having to start something like 11 weeks in advance, you know, with, with the pe- writers would start writing and then it has to move through this whole p- pipeline. I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I can shorten it a little bit with, with shorter, you know, like a podcast of say four articles or so. Um, mm. We don't have to go quite that far in advance. Uh, mm. As I said, we, we've only got certain, we only got a certain number of writers and editors and, and and people to to do stuff so you know this is this is why we got this is why we got the lead time but as i was saying we we do have we do have a bit of a lead time for this so um even though number 28 isn't out i'm already thinking of number 29 to try and get that ball rolling so i'm trying to g up writers to see what they see what they fancy doing because again i want i want the writers to have fun i want them to be oh yeah right i want them to be writing things they care about i don't want to say you write this you write that you write the other hmm. so i'm always when i'm talking to you know i've been talking to the writers saying you know you know, what, what do you fancy is there any particular articles you really fancy doing this month so you know like you know we're trying to g, g uh get uh, Matt, Le- Matt Lehman might be doing turning the wheel, for instance, and there's another guy doing another, you uh, know, and so on and so forth. now mm. I'll probably do an article too because I I do I do enjoy the writing. So the trouble is I have I have to get somebody else to do the editing online. because <laughs> 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 I can't really I can't really be the editor of my own article. So um, right. so I have to I have to kind of be hands off uh, from that. But yeah, we so so yeah we 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 do have to work fairly significantly in advance so there's there's like a whole pipeline of stuff going on trello at any one time so oh yeah since i've got some time off i'm hoping i can finish with these we got most things proofed again as i say it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a learning experience for me so we got some we got one article that's kind of uh it should have been proofed by now but isn't quite because i managed to miss my own deadline <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you had that crazy it, it, work project yeah
1: it, it's it's all right when yeah the the funny thing is 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 you know like, you you, you, put, you put these deadlines on the trello cards and everybody meets them and then it's the chief editor who misses the deadline you know it's yeah yeah not good look but yeah I'm I'm still I'm still kind of learning this role and hopefully once once I get into rhythm hopefully I can just you know we can just you know, th- things will go a bit smoother. Oh, but, I'm sure they know, will. There there's there's always yeah. You know, there's there's always it, again as I was saying, it's the, the it is something we're doing in our free time and sometimes a writer commits to an, an article and real life happens. And oh, there's, yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. So you just have to accept maybe we should knock this on the head and just, you know, we'll do this next month instead or whatever. So there, there's 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 always that kind of stuff going on. So yeah. Uh Yes, it's a <laughs> learning experience.
0: So give us the sneak peek, give us the, the little hint, give us some some something to get people excited of what's coming up in the in the future of uh Sagittarius I. Give us a little teaser, just a little headline on an article or something that people will go like, Ooh, I want to read that.
1: Okay, so uh how not to die as a mercenary in a conflict zone.
0: I did it. I dig
1: it. Uh, we have stations you haven't visited. In fact, it's a station you never want to visit. Um, uh, we <laughs> want magical. So. Is this
0: is this that one that's like uh, like eight hundred thousand light seconds out or whatever that you're like? Oh, Jesus! It might as well be Hutton.
1: Yeah, no, it, no, it's it's somewhat worse than that. Um, ah. you you'll only go there if you have your collar felt. Let's say ah, uh, fair the, the old Nick where the old Bill gets you. Hmm. Um we've got uh, exploration one voyages to the galactic limits which mm. is i cuz I, I i did the i took the the uh, first pass edit on that and i really enjoyed that article that was a, that was actually a submission from uh somebody who's who's not uh, a sagai writer um dropped that one in on us so yeah that i really enjoyed going through that article i think all i think everybody'll like that not just explorers beautiful
0: Um, Well, right now there's a a renaissance of exploration with fleet carriers and the ability to, A, you know, stuff like the DSSA and people using them to as sort of like way stations along the way when they can get out there. Uh, And so that's that's one aspect of it. But then there's an additional aspect of it of actually jumping into like for the first time someone yeah. could get the data from the anaconda graveyard and there's so many other yeah. fringe systems like that where it's like yeah. first first discoveries all over the place it's a beautiful thing
1: but but this this one has a absolutely beautiful part of the story about how they it, it's like one of these extreme off the plane systems and the the, mm. the the lengths they had to go to to get that and get back because they didn't just they didn't just self-destruct so I, I really enjoyed that one. And uh, we've also got one uh which which is the one that's currently languishing a bit because I cocked up. Um, that uh about a uh, we're looking at degenerate matter, so uh white dwarves. Hmm. neutron stars black holes that kind of thing so non-sequence stars with a. it was going to be uh one article but there was a bit it was it it was getting a bit broad so we're we're sort of narrowing it down to the the whole the whole thing about degenerate matter so you can you can read about some degeneracy
0: (laughs) so you mean other than in the news okay all right
1: yes
0: (laughs) so uh all right i think that's exciting i think people have some interesting things to look Look forward to, and I personally am going to be watching the news like a hawk now to see if uh, if we get more stories about how uh, 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 what's it? is it uh, is it Zach Zach Hudson is a uh, is an absolute dirty filthy piece of uh, Federation scum, and uh, well, and then some
1: Federation. Which <laughs> <should be expected. laughs>
0: well, see now that the news has been handed over from. I think Suburine, uh I think Souverine has a little bit of uh, a nod towards the uh, the Empire in him, but I yes, think that his indeed. soul. Yeah. I think that his soul really is much more Alioth based. But yeah. now that we've swung from an independent to uh, you know whatever, I'm basically looking at you now like, is this going to be CNN news where they're just attacking the right? <laughs> <laughs> no, all kidding aside.
1: An organ of the Empire, yes.
0: All Kidding aside, obviously, Sagai will remain a completely uh, independent uh, uh, reporter of the news. Oh, and, it's fiercely uh, so, fiercely so, yes, absolutely. Well, I, 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 for one, look forward to it.
1: In fact, I have to be kind of careful not to turn it into because uh, there are so many EIC related articles <laughs> I could actually write. You know, it's like, you know,
0: well, here's not. just make yourself a deal uh-huh. as the chief editor. Make yourself a deal that you are allowed to write an EIC article, a slanted article, and but then find uh, a, a federation and an alliance uh, sort of writer for that episode to like okay, or or even if it doesn't have to be in that specific uh, issue, it could be in the following one where you do like okay, we're planning out the next two month block or whatever of like these twelve stories, you know, make sure that there's there's fair balanced coverage. It's all good. Yeah. 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 All right. So, guys, if you're listening to this, you're going to see in the show notes a link to the East India Trading Company, to the Trading Post, uh, in the Discord, where you can find all of the information about that. You're going to find uh, information about uh, Mac Winston, uh, Mark Winston, if you happen to be Phoenix Defier of uh, Lave Radio. And uh, you're also going to find information links on uh, Sagittarius Eye Magazine, uh, the podcast, uh, the website, and the uh, YouTube page, because all of these are things that you need to be checking out. I'm going to say this. Uh, you can't because you're, you know, the chief editor now or whatever, but I'm going to say this for you. Sagittarius I is the single most uh, important and treasured and quality content creator uh as a as a group throughout the history of elite dangerous if you play elite dangerous and you're like what is this thing you're talking about i haven't really heard it man i'm not into newspapers i'm not a dude you are fucking missing out the stories are amazing and if you're that guy that you've never heard of it yet i'm kind of jealous of you because you've got 28 episodes. By the time you catch up, there'll be the 28th one. Will be out, you know, uh, you know, end of August, sometime September, whatever. Uh, that are amazing stories. Everything from this conspiracy theory about the zombie thargoids. That it's actually, you know, the 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 thargoids have been co opted by uh, the guardian AI uh things about the different sites, all kinds of stories of political intrigue, uh amazing stuff, articles on the diamond frogs and different player groups and all the stuff that happened in Jetunheim and different different areas, races, amazing, silly, crazy, weird shit, some tinfoil hat shit like that guy that was talking about like, I know about the club. I'm reporting from the closet of my ship. Somewhere on the dark end of a fucking distant nebula so that they can't find me. And I've covered my head in tin foil so that the signals won't get out. And weird, funny shit like, hey, what what is the story about the Type 8? What happened to that? Just all of those things that I just named to you off the top of my head, they are all super well written, super, super interesting, you know, just... Uh, it's primetime casual and an article on his ship the fat bottom girl his crazy hooning adventures in an amazing little hauler and like just it will it will enrich your experience in all of elite dangerous it will give you so many different paths to look up stuff dude there is a secret human made ai that was part of project thunderchild that is right now in 3306 wandering somewhere in the galaxy that is, it has a mission to try to uh, help us to fight against the Thargoids. There is all kinds of shit that I, I pray to God, many of these threads will lead to what's coming in Odyssey or whatever, but even if they don't, just the richness of the story of the galaxy of Elite Dangerous. If you haven't checked out Sagittarius Eye and if you hadn't listened to every one of the podcasts at least once or twice, you're only half informed on what the game is. So, if you find that like, hey man, I just like buckyball racing, I don't give a shit about the story. Okay, that's a choice. Whatever. But if you're like me and if you're like the the kind of people that generally listen to my podcast where they're like, man, I'm, I'm interested in the story. I'm I'm, in, I'm interested in this, I'm interested in that. Let me tell you, if a new podcast drops on the same day and it's Elite Week and Sagittarius Eye Magazine, fucking wait on Elite Week. Go listen to Sagittarius Eye first cuz it is the absolute best all right i'm done with my little rant thank you <laughs> no worries no worries all right mac it's been lovely having you in i'm gonna edit this one all up and we'll get it posted for people to listen to monday and uh, i hope that this little uh sort of this this little talk serves to point people in the direction of sagai because i want to see this explode i want to see I mean, the numbers of Sagai podcasts are already great, but I want to see them go by tenfold. And we need to make a concerted effort. There needs to be an effort on the part of all pilots. If you're hearing this now, there's a ton of new people that are going to be filtering into this game over the next six months. You need to make sure that you put this in their face and say, hey, man, there's this thing. You might not have heard about it. You need to go check it out. Sagittarius Eye Magazine. All right, Mac. Thank you so much and have a great day, everybody. Yeah.
1: According to scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas.
0: I think you're right, though, Colin.